Welcome to HQAF Radio. I'm Alana. And I'm Francis. And this is a show about two best friends. So, Alana and I had this break over the 4th of July weekend where we didn't post anything for that week. And we posted a rerun, our very first rerun of an old episode, Viva España. And during that time, Alana actually posted some draft audio that I haven't listened to yet. Alana, do you have any context for what I'm about to get into here? I think the only context you need is the story itself. And it's one I'm very excited to tell you. And one I also hope you won't be disappointed by, I guess, a little bit. or Disappointed? I know. I'm not really sure. I think your reaction will still be positive, but I guess I should just dive right in. I mean, Alana, Alana, I know you're a filthy human, so what else could I be disappointed in? That's true. According (laughs) to my mother, this is the truest friendship she's ever seen because Francis loves me for just who I am, despite knowing how disgusting I am (laughs) and have been and continue to be. And I I will never meet a more truer friend or a friend that loves me more than Francis. (laughs) But yeah, let me just dive right in. And the, the way to start this episode, oh gosh, well, should I do the reveal or should I just say what it's about? I, if I say what it's about, you'll know. Well, let's start with oh some back. Let's start with some background uh, information for the audience. What exactly precipitated this event that we're about to talk about? Well, a couple of things that you already know about, and I don't know if the audience knows about it. I guess building up the excitement, as you know, I've been. Or I should just say it. I don't know if I should say the background. I think I should just say it. Francis, I'm so excited to tell you on a recorded Are you live, pregnant? Are you pregnant? No, no. Oh. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry, no, 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 no. Mind did just go there. Oh, and oh I guess God. that would make sense. Like, why would I be like, not dis- why would I be disappointed in that? But yeah, okay. That's Never true. Mind. Oh my God. <laughs> I guess disappointed that we can't do HQAF as much. Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that, that we weren't in person when we were recording this live reaction. Honestly, that would be disappointing. Oh my God. I would want to be in person when I tell yeah, you something for sure. like that. Oh my God. So I, Alana, am currently a car owner. <gasps> a new car owner. I bought a new car. You bought a new car? A, a new, new car? A new, new car. A 2021 Toyota Camry, girl! Oh my god! Oh my god, Alana! Wait, I am a little disappointed. We were gonna I go. Know. We were gonna go haggle and shit. We were gonna. Ha- we had this whole backstory that I would be Frank and you would be Anala, and we would like maybe even be married and you play yep. good cop, I play bad cop, and exactly. and haggle. We tell shit, them I'm yeah. pregnant. We I talk know. about the new house that we had together. We <laughs> like we tell them a whole ass story about our fake marriage. I'd ask you to wear your wedding ring. Like we would go and play these whole parts. I know. And that's why I wasn't sure how you would react because oh of the disappointment. And I do have stories about my attempts to haggle and really make you die of laughter and maybe that'll be the most disappointing part of all is how I haggled I thought I knew how to haggle but I do not girl so, oh my gosh okay where to begin so, well, what questions do you have how shall we do this well so let's start let's just kind of put it on the table first so you and Harley have had like old ass cars for a while now. It was to the point, and I, I think we maybe even had an episode about this, but you were driving me home one day, or was it vice versa? I, no, I think you were driving me home one day. You started the car, and your car started making these sounds. And I look over at you, and I'm like, Alana, that that doesn't sound okay. And your response to me is like, oh, that's those are just the airplanes. That's just the airplanes flying overhead. I'm like, no, this is actually your car. You really should not drive me home. That's fucking dangerous. And I think it was after that that you actually had to get rid of your car, right? After that time. That was the last time I drove the car was when I attempted to drive you home and we didn't even make it out of my parking lot. And you said, 
I do not feel safe. I'm getting an Uber girl, like get me out of this car. And I turned it around, parked in the parking spot and my battery died the next time I tried to turn yeah. it on. And that's like literally where my car sat until the tow truck came and I sold it to a scrap place for 150 yeah. bucks. And that was it. The last which, time it drove was with you <laughs> attempting to drive you home. Thank God we didn't take that on the car. If something had happened, that would have been one of the worst kinds of things to happen while you're on the road. Oh my God, it would have yeah. been terrible. Thank God for your hearing and your insight and your, you know, curiosity <laughs> and also questioning of what the fuck you were doing in this car. It, it, my car had been questionable for a while, but yeah, I think to me, I just have car blindness to these things. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's like that time I drove to your place and there was smoke emitting from my car and I thought, that's fine. I'm just going to continue going. You you came into this car though with it being kind of old. You came into it knowing that it had a very specific way to start up where you couldn't lock the door. No, you couldn't start the AC or something like that. But also you couldn't lock your doors on the car. It probably was for the best that you got rid of it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And for background, it was a Honda Accord 2003, which I bought in 2012 from the owner of the car who bought it straight off the lot who loved this car to death. The only reason he was selling it was because his wife had bought him a new car and there was no sense in having three cars. She had a car, he had a car. And I think this was the wife's way of saying, get rid of this piece of shit car by buying him a new car. But he loved this car so much that he used to bring it in every six months. I had all the paperwork of the tune-ups and the buffing and just like regular maintenance. He would just regularly take care of this car. And he was so afraid of it being stolen that he had installed a security feature in which you could not start the engine unless you hit the rear defroster button on the dashboard and then turn the key to start the engine. So you could turn the car on, the electricity, but you could not start the engine until you hit the rear defroster button, which made taking my car <laughs> to the mechanic or through a car wash very awkward because I would have to constantly explain this is how the car works. Also, you couldn't lock the car. The car used to be able to lock, but the battery had died. I didn't replace it. I think I tried replacing it and it still didn't work. You could only use the manual key to open the car. And within huh. three to four months, it would not turn. It just would get stuck. And so I took it to mechanic and they said, you, I would have to replace the entire door system, like locking component in order to get a key that would lock. So I would just be the lady that had a car that wouldn't lock. So yeah, yeah, that's sort it, of my background with cars. <laughs> well, and I think that's really sets you up for how you thought about car maintenance moving into it. There are just so many things wrong with it. And also, I, I love that this guy calls it a quote unquote security feature. You know what a security feature is? Getting a fucking camera or an alarm system for your car, not setting up this backwards ass way to turn on your car, though I, I suppose it is a deterrent. <laughs> Um, Seriously, yeah, I guess he thought no one could hotwire the car or whatever they do in the movies because they wouldn't know how to, I mean, I don't even know how you wired that, but apparently he paid extra money to get that wired and it never helped anyone. It just made my life a living hell because <laughs> within three months, I couldn't use the key anymore. And so I just literally left it unlocked. I suppose it was never hotwired because of that rear defroster system. So I suppose from 2012 to 2019, that's how I continued to keep my car. <laughs> I feel like we talked about this before, but I also remember there was a time where because you kept your doors unlocked, you just kept everything in the car, like in the in the visible portion of the car. And I was going to leave my bag in there. You're like, oh, it's fine. Nobody ever goes through my stuff. I'm like, Alana, I'm going to keep my stuff in the trunk at least. Even if people can get in, at least it's not visible. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and it turns out one day while you were living in Arlington, somebody actually did go through your car. Not that you didn't have anything in it of value, but somebody actually did go through your car for whatever reason. That yeah. happened. And the yeah. only reason I knew is because all of the papers and the insurance and the registration, all that stuff that you keep in the glove compartment, and I guess my trash too, all of that was kind of thrown about on the passenger seat. And someone had clearly gone through my car, 
but was unsuccessful because with a car that doesn't lock, you learn to just never keep things in your car. And I think you were the one that taught me, hey, if we go places or we're there for just a period of time, not all night, you wouldn't want to keep anything in an unlocked car. But you had said, don't at least keep it visible. I know that you are just so accepting of your life, Alana, and the hand you were dealt, but my God, woman, like at least put it in the trunk where it's not visible. I think you taught me the value of putting things in the trunk and having a car that didn't lock taught me the value of just literally never keeping things in a car. Now I just always have the habit of never leaving anything in my car ever other than the things that need to be in a car. So lessons were learned <laughs> all along the way and I, I like to think of it as all great training for this new car ownership journey that I'm about to embark on or I'm currently embarking on. I was thinking that would be a segue to your next question, or if you want me to dive into the story, I am very happy to do so. <laughs> Unless I have lost your interest completely. I'm sure that is not the case because as we said earlier in the show, you are my truest friend and you love me for exactly who I am. So I imagine that includes being a weird car owner. Oh, sorry. Was I on mute? I think I might've been on mute. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to say the other piece to this is for the past, was it two years for the past however long now that since you've sold your car, you've been using Harley's car, which was slightly better than your old car, but only slightly. It still has its own set of issues that you're working through. It's still very old, right? Yeah. It's a Hyundai Elantra 2008, which his grandparents bought brand new off the lot and his grandparents used it. And then when they moved to Kentucky in 2015, Harley was using that car to get to work and so they just decided you know what we're gonna leave the car to him and it was always regarded as the new car because with respect to my car it was relatively new or I guess just five years newer but five years can seem like a lot in terms of technology and other things and I have a different understanding of what a good car is versus a bad car but I kept my car relatively clean and tidy and didn't leave trash in there. Whereas Harley's car, he just leaves whatever garbage or receipts. There's just a bunch of stuff in there. And it has all these, these scratches and all these places where it's been hit. And Harley just doesn't care about how things look. So he's never gotten them buffed out or done anything like that. And the inside of the car, the inside of the car smells because it's had all this trash that just lives there. Like literally I've paid more times to have this car clean than he has and it's not even my car. Because oh. I would just sit there like this is disgusting, like bro. How I can live in my own laundry and say that to my husband, I don't know. But this is who I am. Anything is uh, up for grabs apparently in terms of lifestyle and overall tidiness. Yeah, it's pretty gross and it's just not very comfortable seats. They look really bad. They're all stained. It's just, it's a gross car. It's gross and it's old. The AC continuously breaks in inexplicable ways. First, it started with, there was a crack in the whatever place. So Freon was dripping out. So then we had to get that replaced and they put dye in it. And then they did that twice. And then they said, oh, there's actually no crack. And I said, okay, well then where did the Freon go the last three times we did this re-up? But most recently, about a month ago, the AC, which we had just gotten the Freon done two weeks earlier, it was blowing, but it wasn't blowing at us. It was blowing around us or at the windows. And so we huh. took it to the mechanic and they said, oh yeah, the air ventilation system or the box or whatever, I forget what the technical term is. It just became blocked, like something broke and then was blocking the airflow. And they said, yeah, you're lucky because we can just go and remove this thing. But if that whole box or whole system, whatever the technical term is for this whole AC ventilation system is, if that was truly broken or cracked or whatever, that would be like a $2,500 job. But this thing is just $650. And I was like, $2,500? We're getting a new car if that's the situation. <laughs> but thankfully it was $650. I thought, okay, we're going to do that. That's still a lot of money. But at the time... Yeah. It was between Patrick's car, which I was borrowing from Patrick, Patrick's old car, the 1997 Toyota Corolla, and Harley's car. And Patrick's car is a death trap. <laughs> and then Harley started going back to work, and then I was still working from home. So then if I wanted to go to the grocery store or do any sort of errands while he was away, I, I didn't have a car because uh, he started commuting to work. As a result, that meant that I was without a car during the day. 
So I've been borrowing my brother's car, his Toyota Corolla 1997, ever since he got a new one in March. And I thought, oh, this is really great because then I can run errands and I can do this. But his car is um, scary. It <laughs> is really old. It rattles a lot. I recently took it to Francis's place for brunch. I told him about how the electronical system doesn't work anymore. For example, the mirrors don't change, which Francis told me um, and showed me that you can actually shift physically the mirrors, which is great. But also if you needed to shift them while you're driving, you can't do that. And it rattles a lot. I love how you brought that up to, was it Patrick that you brought it up to? And he's like, oh, or, or was it Harley that was just like, mm, okay. And still let you drive yeah. to my place with like review mirrors that you couldn't fix. Right. Yeah. I forget if it was Harley or Patrick. All of the electronics inside and outside the car do not work. The engine starts and I can move and that is it. And every day it sounds like there's a new banging noise like coming from a different part of the car. And I do not know what that is. Also, it leaks gas. You drive it and you just smell gas. And Patrick is aware of that situation, but he knows that it's something that's way more expensive than is worth the value of the car. So he just is like, whatever, you know, if you want to use it as a backup car, you can. And then when you don't need it anymore, I'll sell it. So I guess that with all that background, it now brings us into the story itself. So what made you think to go look for this car, especially during this time frame when I'm out? Or right. when, I, when I'm out, but... <laughs> I love that you were like, yeah, when I was gone, you did. Like, we had a plan. We have talked about this ever since you got rid of the Honda Accord 2003. Like, what the fuck? Totally understood. So what had happened was this car, Patrick's car, the safety inspection runs out in... July of this year. So July 2021. And I told Patrick about this. Hey, by the way, your safety needs to be re-upped. But I also don't believe it's going to pass because there are just so many issues. And Patrick said, well, I don't give a shit about this car. I'm getting rid of this car. The only reason I haven't gotten rid of it is because you need it for driving around, doing errands. And so that kind of prompted the conversation of, okay, I want to get something in July because uh, this car is definitely not passing inspection. I don't want to get a ticket, things like that. The other part of it was too, that because Harley's car kept having these issues, we've had to take it in, oh my gosh, to the mechanic two or three times just this year. Yeah. And so I just thought it would probably be better to have an additional car rather than Harley's the only car that is functioning and that's not even really functioning. It's like barely functioning. And so if it were to die, that would be it. We'd be shit out of luck. And Harley commutes to work every day. So that is what prompted the conversation or the idea of let's go and get this car. And I guess buying a car turned into a very similar experience to buying a house where I had the idea and then I thought about what type, I mean, I always knew I was going to have a Toyota of some variety. We're a Toyota family. We love Toyotas. And so I knew it was between a Corolla and a Camry. I think I had this conversation with you where I was debating between the two and you had told me opt for the Camry, even though it's more expensive, it'll be bigger. You're just going to have a better time with a bigger car. Yeah. Especially for you who's thinking of having a family pretty soon. Why not just plan for the future at this point? And that's definitely something. Let's offer more space because it's just easier. And yeah, we're going to have kids. Also, everyone in my family is a giant. We're all six feet plus size. So I thought if I give anyone a ride in my family, at least they can be comfortable. <laughs> at least there's going to be room because a Corolla can be rather tight. <laughs> I have a brother that's six foot seven. So... <laughs> Like, I don't have normal-sized brothers. I, they're all very tall. So I thought, let me go. Let me give myself some more room. I'm going to be happier for the chapter of my life where I have kids. And then I think my family will be happier because everyone is a giant in my family. And so I decided, I guess, the week of... Or the week before July 4th. I can't remember which. But pretty close to when I reached out to someone, I decided I wanted a Camry. And so I started reaching out, actually, before I even get into that, have you heard about how the car market is insane right now? The used car market specifically? No, I haven't. So used cars are actually 
as expensive, if not more expensive than brand new cars. And that's because there is a microchip shortage because every car these days is essentially a moving computer. And so these microchip shortages mean that the supply is affected. So there's less cars. And so that means used cars. And also there, there's this whole thing where people are just buying cars like crazy right now. I, I, people are buying everything like crazy right now because everyone's coming out of quarantine. Everyone that had these plans to buy big ticket items like a car, like a house, like a whatever is now coming out of their quarantine bunker and deciding to spend all this money. It's this weird situation where because there's less cars being made. So therefore, used cars are now this hot ticket item and so they're appreciating in value which never happens usually you drive a car off the lot yeah. and it becomes way less expensive but because there's just an overall shortage on cars there's now this greater demand so for example my brother's car which he just bought in march has actually appreciated in value like two three grand just purely oh because of the fact that the supply chain is so messed up right now and people are buying up cars like crazy it's insane which is why my brother first tells me buy a brand new car because literally it's as expensive. I was going to go the certified pre-owned route. That's just me. Yeah. I can't fathom the idea of me with a brand new car. It just has never been an option for me before. And I can do a certified pre-owned. But when I did research, it really did come out that way where I would have been spending the same amount of money, if not more so. And then Patrick was saying that there wasn't any room to haggle because cars are just such a hot commodity right now. They're selling like hotcakes and there's also a shortage. So there's no real room for haggling. Now, did that stop me from trying? No, it did not. Did <laughs> Wait. that mean I was successful? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> so you were trying to haggle a new car down. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> which, which which is something that you've heard to Patrick talk about in his own experience in our episode that we posted two, three months ago about his, his car buying experience. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I thought because of the method by which I would be haggling, because Patrick was saying, don't haggle because if you say, oh, well, I'm going to walk away if you don't lower this price, He'll, the, the salesman will just say, great, because there's 10 other people that are going to buy this car instantly because of the supply and demand situation that's going on right now. Like yeah. he would say, there's the door. Thank you very much, because they're making so much money right now. They can't keep cars on the lot. And so that's where Patrick was saying there's really no room to haggle. Yeah. And so, it, it's, yeah. It's crazy to me that the cars are actually appreciating in value right now, if what Patrick is saying is correct. In, in that case... He's absolutely right. You have absolutely no leverage in this situation to be haggling because they're the ones setting the price. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're lucky that they're se selling it to you for the regular retail price, honestly, at this point, because it's just so insane right now. Now, I thought, well, I'm not getting a special Toyota 86 GT. They only make these motherfuckers in Japan. They don't even manufacture them in the US. I thought there was some wiggle room to haggle. And also, I felt like, as the main character of my own anime, that <laughs> I would be telling a story that he would want to hear and therefore give me this amazing discount, this amazing interest rate. I don't know. I'll get to the haggling attempts later. So <laughs> I, I'm looking at cars and the, the week of or the week leading up to, I forget which, of, of July 4th, I think you were gone where I was just casually looking. Yeah. And so I start looking around and I, I was thinking, Patrick says all this stuff about pre-certified uh, pre-owned, but I don't believe him. Well, I go online and it is absolutely true. So I realized, okay, maybe I can find uh, a new car, but that it's already been owned and that'll help me knock down the price. So I, I thought Toyota Camry, and then comes the question of what color? Well, Harley's car is black, and it is, we live in the DC area, which is swamp, is very hot, and it, a black car just really takes the heat. It's just so hot, and it makes when the AC breaks all the time so miserable and terrible. And so I thought the only qualification I have for this car is that I want it in white. I don't need this special kind of crazy color please just reflect the sun off of there and then patrick noted that when you get a white car scratches aren't actually as visible because underneath the clear coat is just 
white that's why scratches come out as white is because underneath it is white or something like that is it the clear coat the paint i don't know i don't know cars so then i started looking online and i initially felt like i just really i don't know if i can go the brand new car route because i've never been in a position where i could own a brand new car or that i felt worthy of a brand new car so i just like i'm gonna go and find this used car so i go online and I go to this reputable uh, nearby, not in Pennsylvania, though I did think about Daddy Marty. Hello, how you doing? You're not listening, but that's okay. I did think, what if he gave me a discount, even though this is a very regular person car, but I can't fly out to freaking Pennsylvania for a Toyota Camry. They yeah. have Camrys. This is not like a Cinderella story. It doesn't need to be a crazy adventure. It's just a Toyota Camry. And so I find a used Toyota Camry 2021, brand new, in white, that was SE, the SE version. So SE is the sort of luxury upgraded version. The LE is the base model. The SE is the luxury version. I thought, oh, this is great. Also, when I looked online at this specific dealership, they didn't have any white LE or base model Camrys available. So I thought maybe they didn't have any at all. But then I saw this used car and I thought, okay, I feel more comfortable with the used car and that's great. And it's the SE version. And it was like maybe $8,000 less than a regular SE would have cost. But I just thought, okay, cool. I get the discount that it's $8,000. Less, like, but that was. I mean, I would have been spending more money than if I just bought the LE version. But I just thought they didn't have the inventory of the white. All of the other colors that they had were black, galaxy blue, which is a very dark blue that's effectively black, and blueprint blue, which is also just another variety of a deep blue black color. And so I thought the one thing I want to achieve is having a white car or a silver car that will reflect sunlight. I just don't want a hot car (laughs) living in this area. So I submit a form online and I get connected with a sales rep. His name is Junior. He's a a great car salesman, Uh, immediately got in contact with me, was very much in constant communication with me. I get a call from my car sales rep and he says, hey, what's going on? Do you want to see the car? I said, yes. So we go and schedule a time at 8.35 or 8.40 in the morning. I come and pick Patrick up and Harley's with me, of course, because he wants to see the car too. And so we drive out to the dealership and initially I just sit down and go, hey, Junior, this is what's up. And he tries to sell us on the Toyota 2021 SE, that luxury one that initially had piqued my interest because I thought that's the only white Camry they have. And it actually has the full warranty because it's a 2021, it's a brand new car. And Patrick goes, no, it doesn't. And he said, yeah, it does because it's a 2021. And Patrick goes, so you get the full 36 month warranty or whatever it is. And Patrick goes, no, that warranty starts from the moment that it's purchased. And this car was purchased in January of this year. So my sister would have lost six months on that warranty. That is factually incorrect. So that was cool watching Patrick kind of stop on this guy's ass. (laughs) He got real quiet (laughs) after that. He was like, okay, so you just want the LE then? I'm like, yep. (laughs) Unless you can bring this car's price down. I was only interested in this Toyota SE because I thought it was the only white one you had. I didn't see that you had inventory. And what it was was that they didn't have it on the lot, but they had another dealership where they brought it over and I could essentially buy the Toyota Camry in white as I wanted. They just didn't have it on the lot and they just had to drive it over from Springfield. Right. But he tried for 20, 30 minutes. Oh, and it has this and it has that. But the thing was that Harley and I did do our due diligence and we looked at the differences between the SE and the LE and they're so minimal. It's not worth the extra three, four grand one would spend on uh, an SE versus an LE. It's this part lights up or you can change the colors of this or you can do that. And I'm like, well, is the car actually bigger or uh, it comes in leather instead of regular. And I'm like, okay. It's it's mostly aesthetic versus having any practical use. Yeah. Yeah. And and there wasn't even any cool audio upgrades, which of course Harley was interested in. It, there wasn't anything. It had a sportier look in the back and in the front. Oh, it looks really cool. And Patrick goes, my sister doesn't care about that at all. She just wants a car that works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
I mean, well, he's got it. He, he's got me down pat. So yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, well, it just looks much cooler, much sleeker. And it does like the body, the outward body does look different from a Toyota LE, but it's not because there's any performance differences. There's no performance enhancers by looking sportier or anything like that. It just looks cooler. And yeah, that's just something I do not care about. I don't care about the aesthetics of a car or how it looks or looking cool. I just need a car that goes places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gives up on that after he sees my brother put him in place. I, I said, I'd really like to test drive a Toyota Camry. So you say I can have it in white. That's fabulous. Can I test drive one? Because I'd like to see how it feels. They had one on the lot there. So I take it for a test drive. And it feels so nice. The first thing I notice is how quiet it is because I'm used to being in just freaking cars that rattle all the time and just make all kinds of noise and sound like they're constantly braking. This was just so quiet. It was so smooth. Oh my God, the brakes are so responsive. Girl, <laughs> the brakes <laughs> I've been using would terrify you. They would terrify you. I know that brakes are like a basic necessity of a car from this yeah. decade, but yeah, it's just not a luxury. I have had the experience of having the AC is fabulous. We have CarPlay, probably the coolest part of the, the LE, which also made me realize there's just really no difference in terms of upgrades because the LE had this in addition to the SE, uh, it has lane assist and what lane assist is that if you slightly veer off or over the line or into another lane, it will slightly jerk you into the, the lane correctly. So I thought, wow, the fact that the LE has this is incredible. I'm in a fucking spaceship kind of thing for a I base mean, yeah. model. <laughs> it would have it would have helped for when you weren't driving with uh, rear view mirrors. <laughs> Except, oh my girl, yes. I was in awe between the brakes and the AC and the lane assist, which I've never had in my life, and the back rear view back camera thing which I kept looking over my shoulder and then Harley goes you know you have mirrors and now a rear view mirror I'm like oh or, or a rear view camera, camera. in like yeah. the center console of the car and I said oh sorry I'm just used to Patrick's car where literally like my physical eyes are the only thing keeping me from <laughs> killing myself or running into people like I would just have to strain my neck all the way back bitch checking all my blind spots we were in California and we rented a car and one of Chris's favorite features was that back camera. Because you don't have to strain to go all the way back to take a look behind you. You just look at the camera and it helps so much with just not feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. exactly. Oh my gosh. I don't have to be a scientist when I back into a parking spot. I can just look at the uh, backup camera and just really feel at ease. It's amazing i love it so much i think that was one difference between the se and the le was that with the backup camera for the se it beeps at you when you're close whereas with the le it doesn't but i'm just impressed by the fact that it even has a camera and i can see the literal back of me without straining my own neck so that was enough for me and so we come back from the test drive and i go okay cool yeah let's go and buy a new car this will be great and all in all, it only takes two hours to buy this car wow. compared to Patrick, which was a four hour experience. Yeah. Mine was only two hours, which it would have been an hour and a half had he not tried to sell us on the SC initially. Yeah. Yeah. And so at what part did you try to haggle? This is where <laughs> it gets funny. So we sit down and he said, okay, so what do you think? And I said, yeah, I think we're going to buy a car today. This is great. And he said, okay, cool. Give me a copy of your license and your uh, whatever. Yeah. Before you start just the actual negotiations, can you tell me what your thought process was like coming into this? How were you going to try to approach this? How I was going to approach this was very much with Lydia logic, which is tell someone a story, make them feel some sort of way about you. Because Patrick's saying the, the car market doesn't give you room to haggle, but the car market doesn't have shit on Lydia's storytelling abilities. I mean, the amount of discounts my mother has gotten at a variety of stores. I'm not talking 
talking like small mom and pop shops. I'm talking major chains with reps because my mom makes them laugh or she tells them a sad story and people just yeah. want to help her. And yeah. so I feel like I haven't achieved her tidiness, but I have her amazing personality or her it, way to make people laugh. So you think that you are at the same level as your mom when it comes to storytelling or not even storytelling, because I think you're right. It's more like she has a certain charisma when she walks in the door that even though she is literally a whirlwind of just energy, she just brings a certain I don't even know what the word is like people want to look at her as soon as she steps into the room. Yeah. Do you feel like you have the same effect on people that your mom does? Uh, turns out no. <laughs> so to be honest, my mother's been doing this and charming people her whole life. She's made things happen. She's lived in all different countries. She's lived other people's houses, like her family members when she moved to the yeah. U.S. She had to go get favors, go and get things done, literally charming someone and was like, oh my God, so can you help me with this? I just don't understand. And I'm from Italy and blah, blah, blah. My mom really leans into the fact that she's an immigrant, even though she's lived here for 35, 38 years. So she'll go, oh, I just don't understand this country. And I'm not from here. She was born here, but she did grow up primarily in Italy. And she speaks all these languages and whatever, yeah. whatever. And it, so... <laughs> like, and because of the, her English, like, it not, it's not broken or anything, but she just has an accent. So it's believable yeah, yeah it's <laughs> if you were to try to play that off i don't think people would believe you because like first and foremost you have an american accent right and i'm yeah. very clearly american i grew up in this country i am americanized i did not grow up in italy i'm not bilingual my mom knows three four different languages and i just really mastered one and that's english and that's about it and so my mom just has all of this worldly charisma and living all over the world and understanding people and telling people stories about oh, oh my gosh and she can relate to all these people and i thought i had gained that and so i thought that i would tell a story about my husband and I. we just bought this house and we're about to start a family i was going to lean more into the family oriented route like wouldn't you want to help a young couple trying to play almost the same way that you are doing it with the lender where yes. if if you had the same sort of fatherly type he might look at you and harley and be like oh you're just like my kids exactly oh my god that's really what it is i'm like i don't have my mother's worldly charisma i have big baby energy let me <laughs> lean into the fact that i am a child looking for a parent and therefore they feel like oh look at this parentless 30 year old <laughs> like buying her first car at well, the ripe age of 30. So this dealer that you're interacting with then was he like younger single maybe what was his deal? He was in his mid to late 40s so I wouldn't say that he was old but I wouldn't say he was young he was obviously older than me I'm not sure if he was married I feel like he's probably married and has kids but probably yeah. not kids my age and also yeah. I, so I had all these aspirations, right, of telling this story. And that is just not what happened. I don't know if it was just the moment that I was in, or I was just swept away in the, in the whirlwind of it all. But my haggling strategy was not very strategic, to say the least. We sit down and he goes, okay, I'm going to give you the car for this much money. Like regular retail amount, not discounted, but not overpriced, as you would expect for a brand new Toyota Camry 2021. And so he says, how much do you want to put down? I had an idea of a range. It's between this much and this much that I would put down. He says, okay, we're just real quick running your credit. Here's the application. And also how much do you want to put down? Because that's going to affect uh, your interest rate. And I say, oh, I was thinking between this much and this much. And he said, okay, so which one is it? <laughs> like just kind of looking at me and I realized, oh, I probably should have actually come in with an exact number in mind. And so I go, oh, uh, this much let's do the middle. And he said, okay, are you sure? Do you want it to be that? I'm like, oh, uh, no, let's do that. And he's like, okay. Like, I just seem very confused and I'm not setting myself up for success. Cause I, no. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, I know. No, my brother's like, why didn't you decide what you were, you were going to do? And I said, well, I thought I was going to charm him to make, make the overall price lower. 
And I guess I haven't gotten to that. Like, I forgot to do the whole story. So then I thought, oh, I'll charm him later. I haven't signed any papers yet. I'm just telling well, him this is a deposit. I haven't well, written you, a check or anything. Yeah, yeah. At the point, you're just putting yeah. your down payment down. So it wasn't right. like you were haggling. <laughs> I know. I know. My brother's like, this doesn't put you in a great position. You're literally showing that you don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, okay. And I talked at length about how I'm like, how does this work? Like, how much is it going to be? And blah, blah. And I'm just really leaning into the fact that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Oh, because I think I'm trying to set the stage for big baby energy. Maybe that's what I was doing. I don't know. I was caught up in the moment, really. At this point, it sounds like Patrick was almost like the the bad cop or the one that obviously knows more. And by having that dynamic there, the dealer knows that he can help guide you, but you're the decision yeah. maker that doesn't know anything. So it's yeah, it, it's that's... <laughs> With every question, I kept looking to Harley and Patrick, like, should I do it? And they're like, it's your car. Why are you looking at us? I'm like, does that make sense? It's like, does it make sense to you who is paying the money? So he's know, like, is, are you sure you want to put down this much? Like, it's you, you want the car today? Like, are you buying the car or what's going on? I know it was not a great look and it was not. Uh, working and so then he comes back with me so he has the paperwork and they've run my credit and they say okay this is the interest rate we're going to give you this is with your deposit this is the payment amount and I will say the monthly payment and the interest rate was a lot higher than I thought it was going to be he was trying to sell me some premium paint package where the first five years they just go and like repaint it or they wax it or I don't know some like care pro it wasn't through Toyota it was through the dealership and I'm like that interest rate's so high so he goes oh this premium package he just has to sell me or at least say that he tried to sell me on this package and I said I'll take the premium package if you lower the interest rate or overall price of the car and he goes <laughs> That's not how it works. And I'm like, are you sure, Junior? Don't you want to give me this premium package for a lower price of the car? He's like, yeah, I can't give you the car for a lower price. This is the interest rate. I'm like, oh, well, then I can't take the paint package. Wait, wait, why was the car guy trying to set the interest rate? I thought that was your bank. Like, you did you yeah, get financing? I didn't know that, Francis. I thought he just couldn't make it happen. I just thought, oh, I, I know. Francis, can you imagine sitting next to me saying, oh, I'll take the premium package if you lower the rate of the wink, interest wink. rate of the car. Wink, wink. Are you fucking kidding me? I was literally haggling by saying, hey, actually, I'm poor. Do you want to give me the car for less money? Like... That's not a haggling strategy, but that is the one I felt I had to go with. They weren't going to take the family. I don't even know if I made it to the family thing. I just felt like, wow, this is more expensive than I thought. Can't you just please, Junior? Don't you want to give this to me? And he's like, no, this is just what we have to sell. At this point, you didn't even try the story because there was just no opportunity. I didn't because I felt like I had shown too many of my cards of being a complete idiot well not a complete idiot but someone who like did not know what they want or honestly at this point though it, yeah your cards have been completely laid out at the table yeah and why i thought of saying oh well gosh this is just so much money can't i pay less <laughs> like why i thought that was a fucking strategy i will never know and i tried it not only with the sales rep but also with the financing guy because uh as you know right you talk to the car sales rep yeah. you decide on whatever and then they take you back to financing and you sign a bunch of paperwork and the financing guy also tried to sell me on a program this was through toyota it was not through the dealership but it was an additional package or a premium thing where I get a warranty for 36 months or whatever it is. And then after that, this Toyota care program would extend the warranty to 10 years instead of 36 months. And he was saying, well, with maintenance and with whatever, that can cost a lot, but I, I would have had to pay this premium package like in a lump sum upfront. And so he was saying, oh, if you do this now, this will cover your maintenance in 10 years. It's new now, but things could show up after your warranty runs out. And even then I go, 
Well, gosh, financing guy, I'll buy the 10-year package if you lower the interest rate. And he's like, yeah, that's not how it works. And also, Toyota gets this money. I think my brother said, you know, Alana, they just have to offer it, but they don't see this money. Or maybe they do in some capacity. I'm sure they commission. But I love that, again, with a different person, well, can you just change the overall price of the car? And he's like, no, you agreed to this price. So you either want the premium package or the care package or you don't. Like, I'm not. The thing is, you knew that coming into this, you were there with Patrick when he tried to buy his new car. You don't have the leeway with that. Literally no leeway. It was insanity. Oh my God. I just can't believe that my strategy was saying, I don't want to spend money. Can you make it lower? That's not a strategy. (laughs) What made you want to do it a second time with a financer? I thought I could charm him instead of Junior. (laughs) I thought maybe he would feel sorry for, I don't know. Because if you're talking to business people and they're in the business of selling things, why would me saying, actually, I don't want to spend a lot of money make them less inclined to charge me. I thought I was going to be applying some Lydia logic to this, but um, (laughs) I don't think even my mom would say this was a good strategy. My mom would be like, girl, what? Yeah, it was more like the Alana Uh, filter. (laughs) It really was. It was embarrassing and also very funny. But he was very nice about it. He didn't make me feel embarrassed or anything. I had retroactive embarrassment after the fact. I was like, wow, that was, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, that's so embarrassing and weird and like, what? I I hope you captured all of that in the audio that you have in the field recording. I wasn't as forthcoming about interviewing the rep or interviewing the finance people because this just went a lot faster. There wasn't a lot of waiting around and everyone was super busy. There were packed, there was so much going on. Whereas with Patrick, we were waiting for an hour, two hours for, I don't know, his insurance to come through. But I guess because I already had insurance and because my credit is amazing, my credit score is 820. Hello, can you believe yes, that? Yes, yes, oh queen, God. That's, that's high, that's perfect. I mean, really high, especially considering some of your credit strategies in the past. <laughs> I know so much growth. In the I last know two, it really, it really has. It's all come forward to this moment now. <laughs> oh my God, Francis, you just reminded me that while I was in finance, I tried to haggle with my credit score. I said, see, what? look at that credit score. Look at how, gr- when not you say that that's great? Yeah, 820 is great. I'm like, so why can't I get a lower interest rate? And he's like, that's just, I don't know what to tell you. This is the rate. This is actually really good for like, we're going into inflation. I don't feel like teaching you economics right now. He didn't say that, but that's what he was insinuating because he would not play ball with my credit score strategy of haggling. Like, wouldn't you say that that's a great credit score? Yeah, come on, can't you just give me a break? I literally asked him at one point, can't you just put in there a lower interest rate? That's not how it works. (laughs) And I'm like, but I can see you when you play around with the deposit that it changes my payment amount, not the interest rate, just the payment amount of how much I would pay. Um, And he's like, yeah, I can do that with this computer to show you how much you'll pay with different deposit amounts, but that doesn't change the interest rate. If you can believe, I would have only saved 16 bucks per payment on an extra thousand dollars of deposit. It does make sense. And over time, it's a more substantial savings with interest and everything like that. But still, I was like, but don't you see that I have a great credit score? I'm just so surprised. (laughs) And he's like, well... (laughs) What's your deposit amount? Because that's really what's going to... I am not plugging in whatever fucking interest rate. Like, I was like, can't you just type in a different one? He's like, that's not how this works. (laughs) He was so kind. Now that I think about it, like, wow, he put up with a lot of shit. My antics, girl. And he's a finance guy. He's not even the fucking sales rep. I'm like, literally just change it. And he's like, no. (laughs) What's your deposit going to (laughs) be? Thank you so much. Oh Oh my my God. God. (laughs) It was a, it was a sight to see. It was crazy. It certainly was a strategy of sorts. (laughs) It was, yeah. Not a strategy that anyone else would have picked. But it was the one I did pick that day. I I do wonder what your haggling strategy would have been 
It, honestly, anyone's haggling strategy would have been better than mine. Mine wasn't even a haggling strategy. It was just asking people to change numbers. Honestly, I don't know either, but I feel like when we talked about Patrick's car buying experience, he was able to get some good deals just by knowing the sort of packages that were available. That part where you were talking about if you buy this car, you know, you can get this warranty package yeah. discounted and how Patrick was like, well, that's not true. You're actually six months into the package. And so she would not be getting the full amount or a lifetime of the warranty that you were talking yeah. about. At that point, I would have been like, I want X amount to cover for that six months. I want this much off in order to cover it for the six months. Oh, mm -hmm. so not literally asking to change the price of the car because I asked or in place of I'll buy this premium warranty package bullshit from the dealership in place of lowering the overall car value like what <laughs> that's yeah that would have been a good oh my god yeah Jesus I just really went off of nothing I went off of just like whatever the actual fuck I felt in that moment because there was no forethought it just all happened I was my most authentic self uh, yeah, uh, you, you really were. <laughs> but the actual milestone of the car and then actually driving it for the first time, driving it home and just feeling like, wow, this is my car. This isn't a car rental. And yeah. feeling kind of like <clears throat> unworthy initially. This is just something that in my wildest dreams, I would have never imagined I would be in a position to own. And so then having one, I feel like, oh my God, this is way too... A nice of a car for me to own coming from a car that didn't lock and you needed to hit a rear defroster to turn it on and so it really set in and it was super cool i'm just so excited to go on this life journey with this car that i get to be the first owner that I, if i decide to install a stupid security system which i won't <laughs> but i could make that decision like i get to be part of this car's origin story i'm just so excited and I'm going to treat it so well, and I know this car, or I hope this car will treat me well, but I think it will. I feel like we're going to go on a long life journey together, and it's so, so cool. And then I saw my friend Lauren last week, and I told her I got a new car, and she said, oh my god, can I go and see it? And I said, absolutely. And so she gets in my car, and I just drive it around the parking lot. And she turned to me, and she asked me, so what are you going to name your car? And I had forgotten this, because it's been so long since oh, I owned right. a car. Yeah, I used to name cars. Yeah. Yeah. And your last car was Herp Derp. So it had two names. It was Herp Derp or it was Tristan because it was a <gasps> Honda. Tristan? Right? Tristan after the Yu-Gi-Oh character? Of course. Yeah, because... <gasps> Wait, I didn't tell you this story. No, I, I've only ever known it as Herp Derp because of the license plate. Oh, yeah. Well, so its real name, honestly, is Tristan, but Herpter, because of my license plate, I would call it the Herpter Mobile. But its real name was always Tristan because in <laughs> the Japanese Yu-Gi-Oh, some of the characters have different names, uh, like Teya is not Teya, it's Anzu. Well, Tristan's Japanese name is Honda. And so I thought, oh. okay, I get a Honda Accord. It's obviously Tristan because his name in Japan. No? Okay. <laughs> no reaction. Literally no reaction. I know you couldn't see me, but I had this like, okay, well. <laughs> I guess you had, look, when I told Lauren, she laughed a lot, but I guess you have to be one of the biggest Yu-Gi-Oh nerds to then know, oh, well, the Japanese version, ha ha ha, da, Tristan. Uh, yeah, I know. It's really mm, interesting. And so I said, oh my gosh, I don't know. What should I name it? And she said, well, because of the white exterior and the black trim and the black interior, it makes me think about Seto Kaiba because of his very classic, iconic Seto Kaiba trench coat, which is white with a black interior. And so I go, oh my God, that is a perfect name for my car. And also so funny and so perfect for my life journey that I'm leveling up from a Tristan to a Seto. <laughs> and also the fact that I, I named my cat after Mokova. My cat's name is Moki. And so it only seems fitting that I would name my car after Seto. And when you see it, I think you will think the same, that its name is perfect for Seto. I also think the lane assist aspect where it beeps at you when you slightly veer off the path <laughs> and it jerks you back into place is very Seto Kaiba. I'm just so excited 
for this long um, journey I'm going on with my Carsetto. Okay. Uh <laughs> oh my god, no acknowledgement. Like, I'm happy you bought a car, and that's it. And I will be I, calling it Alana's car and not I, Seto. And I feel I feel like you're looking for validation for the name Seto and uh yes. I, I honestly I liked Herp Derp. I like the name Herp Derp. I yeah. I don't know how I'm feeling about like Tristan or Seto. I'm <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> it's probably why I told most people that my car's name was Herp Derp or the Herp or the Herp Derp Mobile because if I call it Tristan, they go, okay, that's just like, a name. That's just a name. Um, but yeah, I think Tristan. part of it part of it might be because I don't know that a lot of people name their cars after concepts and also this is just another level of weeaboo that's i mean <laughs> i mean we talk about your fanfic all the time so i guess you know we're there but this is just yeah a little step normal above. people aren't exactly <laughs> i know and that's why i'm so happy that we talked today because i've been so quiet on social media because i didn't want you to find out until we recorded this episode together <laughs> It's a good thing. You don't have to keep it a secret any longer. <laughs> I'm still a little disappointed that I wasn't part of this journey, but I am super proud of you. Another life step. Alana, this is two life steps in one year. Two life steps. Oh my God. It feels really big. I'm very happy and it feels very surreal. Just knowing my car history. It's the small things in life, honestly. Like truly, <laughs> I mean, the lane assist is cool, but just having AC that works. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially right now in this time frame of this summer that we're having. Oh my God. The fact that you weren't living with AC, that would have been my first sign. I don't care if everything else works. We need AC. Exactly. But now I have all of these accessories and all of these beautiful features and it's just, it's so wonderful. It's Well, exciting. so let me ask you this and we can sign off. Now that you've gone and bought yourself a brand new car, this is literally your first brand new car. And after... We went through the history of you buying your first car and it was used and had all these things wrong with it. And then going from Harley's car, which isn't any better, to Patrick's car, which had its own set of deficiencies and, you know, was on its last leg. Would you ever go back to buying a used car that was in the same condition as your Herp Derp Mobile? And no, I'm not calling it Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> wow the shade the shade you'll support me in my filth but you won't support me in what i named my previous car how dare you no it's okay you're the truest friend i have francis and you keep it fucking real and i love that about you so wait does that mean you're not gonna call my car Seto? are you just gonna call it alana's new car or alana's white car like what <laughs> is does it mean that much to you that i I can't even say it. Did, did... <laughs> <laughs> Call your car Seto? Like... No, but it is what I will be referring to it as from here on out. Girl, you are not. You are not. <laughs> Absolutely. That is going to be in my social media post. And yes, all of my uh, friends and coworkers who are not part of the inner circle of my life or know how intimately I love Yu-Gi-Oh will go, what? <laughs> like, what is that? like, I don't get it. Um, inside joke? I don't know. To herself? Like, just herself? Because <laughs> it's not universal knowledge what a seto is to most 90% of yeah. people. I'd say really. a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably 99% of the followers I have on Instagram, to be honest. And, and this is why I'm like, this is weeaboo, like a minor step in weeaboo status. Like, <laughs> yeah. Truly. But to answer your original question, would I, knowing what I know now and and now being a new car owner, would I go back to buying a used car in the condition and the situation, the status that was in for the Honda Accord? No, I would not. But if we were talking where I was in my life and how old I was and where I was financially, yeah. Yes, I would do it again. I don't think I can ever go back uh, because I am now currently financially in a situation where I can afford it. If I was not in a situation where I could financially afford this, I would say 
Absolutely not. I know people have bought used cars that were good and fine and did not cause controversies or cause issues for people like my cars. You just have to do a lot of research and you have to know that there's a lot of risk associated with buying a, a used car and buying off of Craigslist or whatever from an old man that was scared of a car being stolen. There's just a lot of risk and there's a lot of things that you have to take on. I'm just so happy knowing I have a warranty. I have certain things in place and also that it's a brand new car and it has all these features and we're just going to go on a long life journey together and I'm going to treat it well. I'm not going to treat it like other car owners have treated their cars. Not to knock them, but like, what the fuck? people like what the actual fuck old man but yeah i could never go back because i'm able to pay for certain things like i paid for movers and i've never done that before and now i mean granted there's the negative effect that now i see everything that's heavy and i go should i book movers for that and that's like Uh. mm, probably a step in the wrong direction (laughs) like that's maybe leaning a little too much into Oh, when you can big, pay people big, to carry heavy things. Big baby energy. <laughs> big baby energy. Absolutely. Can you imagine I tell the movers, gosh, do I have to pay you that much? Can I pay you less because I'm a baby and I'm <laughs> poor and I can't heavy? I can't carry it myself. Can't you carry it for less money? Actually, no, there was never a question in my mind. I was never going to haggle because I'm like, you people are mystical and amazing. Like, you literally have capacity and the strength to do things that I will never be able to do. So it was never a question in my mind. No, I'm paying you for literal magic. Like, I would not be able to physically do this. I can't. You know what I was thinking as you're going through your story today? I wish you had kept your moniker of adulting at full capacity because I feel like you would totally be representing that now. You're adulting. You have a mortgage. You have a uh, auto loan payment. You're trying to haggle. I trying to haggle. <laughs> yeah, very big asterisk. You're uh, trying. But yeah, you're doing so much, Alana. I'm so proud of you. This is this is Aww. truly a great accomplishment. That's the end of our show. I'm Alana. And I'm Francis. Find us on Instagram at hqaf.productions. We post every other week. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And until next time, the best ship to sail on is friendship. Friendship.